something that God really wants you to, 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 to get out of this today. All right? And we're talking about adoption. And, you know, you, know, uh, you guys know it's very dear on our heart. We've, uh, we, it's just been, it's just, it's been great, you know. And I love what she said about the, uh, uh, they are our kids. You know, that, that is a soapbox of mine when people introduce their adopted kids is, these are my children and this is my adopted child. No, they're your child. But what if Jesus, what, I mean, what if God treated us that way because we were adopted in his family? I mean, come on. Really? Think about it. But anyway, they're my, fam- they're my kids. I'd fight for them. I love them. You mess with my kids, I'll cut you. Not really. I won't cut you, but we're going to talk. All right? We're going to talk. All right? You know? But I would. I provide for them. I'll do anything for them. I'll lead them. I'll guide them. And, and, I mean, I love them. All of my kids. All right? But we're talking about adoption because adoption is, 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 is it brings a child into a family. Right? Just like we have been brought into a family. Right? And we know that God loves the family, right? Because if you do an extensive stu- a study, I've done an extensive study on this, throughout Scripture, and you look at the picture that it painted, right, of what God, how God sees the family, that throughout Scripture, you, the picture that he paints is that anywhere you see this, is God wants to build up the godly family. God wants to strengthen the godly family. God wants to protect the godly family. God wants, he, he loves the family. And you can see this throughout Scripture. I won't go to all of that to show you because I think it's pretty simple to understand that, right? I don't think you need much Scripture to understand that. But that's just the simple truth. Now, if God loves the family, we know that Satan is the ruler of this world. He does not love the family. So if God's plan is to strengthen, to build up, to protect, to encourage, to edify, and all of that of the family, then we know that Satan's plan is to do what? It's going to be opposite. He's going to destroy it. He's going to want to weaken it. He's going to want to tear it apart. Come on, and let me tell you something. When you look at the world that we live in right now, there is no doubt that we, you, we, I think we all can agree that Satan has declared war, war on the family. On the family in this, I'm talking about the, 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 the go, a good godly family. I mean, the world wants you to believe that a godly family is not attainable. The world wants you to believe that a godly family is not needed. The, the, the world wants you to believe that, that uh, uh, anything can be considered a, decent, a good family, right? And, and, but see, God wants you to, to, to have a good Christian home following Him, pursuing Him, right? As a matter of fact, when you really study it and really do the research, you look at the, the majority of the problems in our society today can be linked to two things. And one of those things is the breakdown of the Christian family. I mean, you look at all of the, the issues of people just uh, don't know who they are, what they are, and this, that, and other. All of this feeling-based confusion that's going on. And all of the, it, is, it can be linked to, to the breakdown of the Christian family. Yeah. Because if you have a good godly family, good Christian family, and you've been raising your family in the Word following Christ with a scriptural standard in your life, come on, you're going to understand who you are. You're going to know you're a child of God. You're going to know your, your gender. You're going to know all of these things. Come on, glory to you. And you're going to know all of this. And then you're going to have a moral standard. Because if you don't have a standard, come on. This is how you end up so confused, sleeping with this, that, and the other, and all of the things that are happening in our society today. But it, it starts there. But the second thing, the second place that you can see is that, that this is linked to is homes where biblical principles are just completely disobeyed. Or 
Better yet, they're just simply ignored, right? In other words, a home that has, doesn't have God in the equation. Amen? And, and, you can, and you link all of that together. And I'm going to tell you something. That doesn't make God happy. Amen? It doesn't make God happy. And now, the great thing about uh, adoption is, is it gives, a, we, we talked about, it gives a child an opportunity to come into a family, right? That's, the, that's what everybody, that, that's the great thing about it. And I could just go on and on about that, but I'm not going to. But what I want to get at is this right here. When that child comes into that family, there's benefits, right? When Sasha, he's the, my, uh, my Russian mob boss that sits out by the door back there with the beard, you know? You know, Miss Kathy always says he looks like a Russian mob boss, but as just because he speaks Russian. But you know, when <laughs> but when he came into our family, and then of course there's Natalie here. Everybody loves Natalie, and Jessica's back there in the in the preschool. Uh, but when all of them came into our family, there were benefits to them, right? They got benefits. In other words, they when they came into our family, they 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 got they got provision. Right? They got, uh, they got protection. Because I'm telling you, you mess with my kids, it's going to be on. Right? But they got, they, got prote- they got affection. They got health. If they got sick, we made sure that we were praying for them, and then we made sure we got them to the doctor when they needed to go to the doctor. They got all of these. And see, and, and, and of course, most importantly is, is, is the love, but they, all of these benefits were theirs now that they got adopted into this family, into our family. And when they came in, they were theirs, right? And the, those benefits only happened if, if Pastor Michelle and I chose to take the responsibility that had been given to us. And I know Chelsea could write. I love talking to Chelsea because I've seen her. I don't say I watched her grow up, but I, I do remember her when she was young. And, and now she's grown up to be in such a good, godly woman and with a great career and a good field and She's making a difference. You know, sometimes she may not feel like it, but I think she makes a difference. I really do. But I love talking to her and hear her stories about where she works. And those of you that don't know, she's, she's a, a social worker. And, and, and so she can write you a book on, about parents not taking the responsibility that's been given to them from having a child, right? I mean, I know that's her everyday life. She sees it, right? But see, if we don't take those, uh, those responsibilities on, then, then those benefits don't happen. They don't get those benefits, right? So in other words, there are, if you're coming into a family, there are family responsibilities. And that's actually what I titled this. I don't even know if I gave you the title. We've been going so many different ways here. But family, there are responsibilities from being in the family. There's responsibilities from us, from the parents, to the children. And then also, if you've got a, if you've got a well-operated family... And we've worked with many of them, you know, we've done, we've, that's just been Michelle and I's gifting, mostly her, uh, she's very gifted in that area, we've, we've, we've counseled many, 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 many people with children, and, and, and we've learned a lot, and from working with teenagers and just being in this world, but, but when you, when, uh, we've learned a whole, a whole bunch of, but if you've got a good, well-rounded family, then your children have responsibilities too in the, in the family. It may be cutting the grass, it may be cleaning the dishwasher, it may be sweeping the floor. I know a lot of people say that's cruel and that's mean, and they should, no, don't be mean to the children, let them do what they want. But there should be responsibilities in your family for everybody, not just us, but for everybody in the family, right? So, we can clearly see that happens naturally. But I'm going to here to tell you something, that happens spiritually also. 
And this is what I want to talk with you about today. And I'm going to, I'm going to zip right into this um, because I really want you to get this. Uh, I know we're a little short on time. But it happens spiritually as well. Look with me at Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 14. Ephesians 3, and I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Family responsibilities. It says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. Verse 15, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Let me read that out of the King James Version. Gosh, i got four versions here. All right, it says, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 15, this is out of the King James, it says, Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. All right? The whole family in heaven and earth is named. You know, we already talked about we've been adopted into a new family. Right? And that's what this is pointing out. We've been adopted into a big family, a great family, a gracious family. But just like in the natural, we have family responsibilities. You have responsibilities to help it run like a well-oiled machine. And now spiritually, in our new family, right, we all have responsibilities to help our spiritual family run like a well-oiled machine. Now, we talked just like what we were doing here before service started right here. When we had our prayer time for people that are in the need or in a situation or having a rough, rough time or maybe they, they, they got some stuff going on and they needed prayer. Guys, we were taking care of some family business right there because we are a family, but also the body of Christ is a family. And as a family, we pray for one another. We love on one another. We uphold one another. We encourage one another. And that's what we were doing right then and there. Amen. So just like you have responsibilities naturally, you have spiritual responsibilities in with your, in your church family. And the, here's the thing. And this is something that's gotten a little twisted in, in society today. But in society today, most people have come to believe that all of the spiritual responsibilities of the church belong to just the fivefold ministry. In other words, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and the teachers. Now, listen, please understand me. I'm not belittling those when I am one of those, and I understand. The, 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 uh, the, I understand the, the honor of being here and the privilege of being here and, and the significance and the importance, right, of the call that's on my life. But I want to tell you something. The responsibility of teaching to the family is a family responsibility, and it belongs to all of us. Not just the fivefold ministry gifts, right? Now, I'm not telling you you got to be a pastor. I'm not telling you you got to be a prophet. I'm not telling you you got to be an apostle. But I'm telling you that you are called to have a family obligation, a family responsibility to, to uphold our family, right? All of it cannot be on just my shoulders. I'm one person. I can only get so far. And I promise you, I'm going to do all I can to get to you if you need me. Right? But it all shouldn't be just on me because we have family responsibilities, right? And the health of this family, how healthy this family is going to remain, it, it's, it's all of our responsibility. Amen? It really is. And I love, one thing I love about the community and the family we have here at Compass Church because we've pretty much got this covered, 
right? But I'm making a point because I don't want you to fall. I don't want you to slip back. I don't want you. We, we love one another and we take care of one another and we always have and we always will. But I need you to understand that right now in society, we're losing sight of this responsibility, right? And society is seeing that all you got, if you need anything spiritual, you just got to get to the pastor, right? Let me tell you something. We're all ministers in some capacity, Amen? We're all ministers from some capacity. Notice we all have those responsibilities. We just need to make sure that everybody is taking up those responsibilities. And let's look at one of those at Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. Everybody all right? It's a little warm in here. Maybe this is just a jacket. Hebrews 5. Now, I will read this one out of the New Living. Sometimes I, I write down too many, ver- uh, too many versions that I want to read from. All right. Now, this is talking about spiritual growth right here. All right, and this, you've got to understand the context of what he's talking about right here. Here again, we, he's not talking to ministers. What he's talking about right here is he's talking to laity again. He's talking, about to, he's talking to the people in the pews. That would be the ordinary, everybody person. I mean, just the people in the church right there. And he's pretty frustrated at this point. But read this, it says, There is much more we would like to say about this. Hebrews 5, verse 12. Here's that. He says, there's much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. That's verse 11. Now, verse 12, he's telling them, he says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Right now, so he's making a point here. He's not talking to ministers. He's talking to the lay lay people, the people in the pews. He's like, hey, guys, listen, you've been listening to me for a long time and you've been listening to me at this point. You should be growing spiritually. You should be to the point to where you could teach one another. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you're not growing spiritually. My point from this is we need to be teaching one another. Amen? Glory to God. You should, people need to know what you know. Amen? It shouldn't just come from the pulpit, right? And because we all, have, we touched on this a little bit last week, but we all have a responsibility to teach one another. Amen? And you may be thinking, you know, I'm not saying you're an anointed, called by God teacher. There's only a few people that I know that are called to do that, you know, and, and, and that's different. But listen, when you think about what a teacher does, all a teacher does is pass on the information that they already know. Amen? That's what a teacher does. And I'm not belittling a teacher, but I'm, I'm just letting you know you can teach. You have some information that you can pass on. Some information that you've learned about God. Some information you've learned in church. You've had spiritual experiences that you can pass on. You need to be passing on how you got saved. You need to be passing on how, how God leads you. You need to be passing on all of these things to other people in the family. Why? Because we want to keep the family built up. We want to edify the family. We want to take care of our family. We want to nurture our family. Amen. Lord, I mean, it should be commonplace in every church that when a new convert comes in, and we do a great job of this. I'm going to, you guys pat yourself on the back for this, but I'm making a point. I'm talking about the big C church, right? The big C church. But it should be commonplace in every church that when a new convert comes in and accepts Christ, 
that somebody meets that. Because, you know, when you come to Christ, you don't, and you first accept Him, you're a baby. You, that's what He's talking about. You don't know anything. And you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to read. You don't, you don't know. And it should be common practice that in, in every church, not here, just here, every church, that when somebody gets saved... Come on, that, that somebody in that family says, welcome to the family, let's go to lunch, let's go to dinner, come over to my house, let me teach you how to live by faith, let me teach you how to hear from God, let me teach you how to, to, to walk in love, let me teach you how to forgive. Come on, all of these things are very vital to operating in your life. And listen, if you put it all on the pulpit, all on the podium, I've only got you for an hour. 45 minutes today, but <laughs> listen, I just want you to, you know, I talk about all the time about how valuable you are. Guys, you are valuable in ways you don't even realize. We need to be taking care of the family. We need to be nurturing, nurturing the family, teaching them how to do all of these things because we need to take those babies and teach them the basics of Christianity. And you do this through your life. You do, this is why we have discipleship. This is why we have mentorships. All of these things are great. Amen. Glory to God. Look with me at Acts verse 20. Acts verse 20. Now this, I want to show you this. Acts verse 20. So we should be, uh, um, you should be teaching each other. Teaching each other. Acts verse 20. Verse, now this is Paul on his third missionary journey here in I'm going to get down to verse 28, and I'm not going to read all of this for the sake of time. But I do want to make a point here. Paul is being called to go. The Holy Spirit's calling Paul to go to Jerusalem. And, and, and he even, he's, he's even telling them, he's like, you know, I don't know, what's ahead, I don't know what is ahead for me, but I'm afraid. You know, he says, he said, but I've got to go. I'm going to be over. The Holy Spirit says, you need to go, right? You need to go. And, 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 and the point is, is he don't know what's ahead of him. As a matter of fact, if you look at verse 25, it says, And I now know that none of you whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. He's a, the Holy Spirit's telling him he has to go. He's afraid because he don't know what's ahead, but he knows, he's being, he knows that he's being called, and he's actually afraid of his life. What's the point? The point is that when you're afraid for your life, the next thing that you're going to teach is probably pretty significant because you don't think you're going to see these people again, right? So he goes on and he tells them, look in verse 28, and this is what I wanted, I wanted to get to right here, so we know this is very important. It says, guard yourselves and God's people, feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers... Like vicious wolves, this is verse 29, will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Verse 30, even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following watch out. What's he telling us right there? He's telling us that false doctrine will come into your church from the outside and false doctrine will rise up from your church from the inside, right? And what that tells me is that it's coming. That tells me that, 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 that if we're going to stop that, 
right? If we're going to start, of course, we're always praying against it. But listen, there's, he's all, the, the, the enemy's subtle, and he's trying to slip in in any way he can. What the point is, is our responsibility to stand against that is to teach the truths of God's Word so completely that everybody in the family can immediately see it when that doctrine tries to slip in. Whether it tries to rise up, or whether it tries to come in, we need to take care of one another. We need to be teaching one another. We need to be sharing what we know from one another so that when false doctrine tries to come against Compass Church, we will instantly rise against it because we will know, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with what I believe. Well, wait a minute, what do you believe? Well, I, what I believe is based off what the Word of God says and what, uh, what the Word of God says. Now that I have formed that belief, that allows me to respect Respond accordingly to situations in life. Amen. Glory to God. You're talking about how valuable you are. Talked about how, how you need to be passing on your information, what you've learned, your life experiences. Your, I'm talking about your experiences with God. You know, when, when people say that you're, what you've been through in life and their testimonies, come on, make us, are, 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 are worthy of being preached. That's what it is. What you've learned through those situations need to be passed on to other people in your family, number one, so they don't make that mistake, or number two, so they know what they're looking at when those things come against them. Amen? Glory to God. Listen, we need to be doing all of this, holding each other up, lifting each other accountable so that when anything comes against them, they'll be able to, 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 detect, to, to detect it. Look with me at Galatians. We saw that. So... Verse, uh, chapter 6, Galatians. Now, uh, so we know that one responsibility, family responsibility of everybody is to teach. To teach each other. Everybody say, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. Okay, I think y'all were asleep. I had to do that just to get a little test there. Right, I'm hurrying up. I really am. But this is very important, guys. This is so important. You are valuable. And you may not see yourself as a teacher. You may not be a pulpit teacher or stand in front of the classroom teacher, but you know things. You've experienced things. God has moved in your life in certain ways. Listen, do your neighbors know how God has changed your life? Does your neighbors know how you came to Christ? Do your neighbors know how, you, how God leads you? Does your, do your neighbors know the, the great and mighty things that God has done in your life? You know, a lot of times we don't even know what God's done in our life because we don't take the time to look. You know, I remember when God first started putting this on my heart to put this together, I, I, I just took the time, of course, I've been doing this a long time, but to, to look back and just look and see how God has moved in my life. Man, I filled up two pages. Two pages. Some of it was just little things. Some of you have heard the story of the nickel in the drink machine. Just that was God blessing me. A nickel. But it, was, it allows me, when I take time to look back, I see He's there. And I see He's moving. And I see He's doing great things. He's never leaving me. He's never forsaking me. And He's always providing and always making a way when He's called me to do something. Sometimes you guys got to slow down in this busy world that we live in. And look back for a minute, and then you'll see God's there. He is there, right? So you can teach. Those, that's what I'm talking about, about teaching, right? And teach what you know about coming to Christ. Teach what you know about the Holy Spirit. Teach what you know. Now, don't get out of line now. We've got to keep everything in line, but you need to share those experiences. Amen? Galatians 6.1, right here. Now, this one is very, very significant. 
right? Because this is another family responsibility that we have for our family. And of course, I'm mainly talking about the Big C Church, right? He says right here, I'm read this out of New Living. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall in to the same temptation. Guys, we should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. We should, what's he talking about right there? What's he, he, if we go back to chapter 5, you don't have to do this, but what he's, I'm going to point out what he's talking about. He's talking about the works of the flesh. Verse 19, 20, and 21. Right? And they're listed right there. I won't read them for that. Sexual immorality, drunkenness, wild parties of such and such and such. You keeps going. That's what he's talking about. What he's saying right there, and you've got to remember now, he's not preaching to, laity, I mean, to, to the ministry gift of ministers here. He's preaching to laity, people in the, in the pews. He says, when you see your fellow believers fall into the works of the flesh, come on, fall into any types of sin, we should gently and humbly restore that person. Amen. Our family responsibility to one another is to restore those within our family. Amen. Amen. See, this world's so quick to cast someone out. You know, someone make a mistake. Although, you know, it's like what Jesus said, you who have no sin, cast the first stone. There wasn't nobody throwing any stones, were they? Amen. But listen, we have a responsibility. But you see, unfortunately in, in society today, most people... Their idea of help is just just take them to church. Well, now, and listen, if that's all you can do, that's great. We do want you to get them here, but I'm here to tell you, you're a teacher. You have been, God's given you a helper called the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to show you things, to give you the words to say. Listen, you can do this. You can do it, and you should be doing it. You should be, you should be sharing what you know, sharing your experiences so that you can restore those people. Amen? Because if you leave it all up to just Sunday morning, we're not, we're not making a big, not, not making as big a dent as we need to be making. Amen? Glory to God. You need to be doing it, right? And let me tell you something. It should be just ingrained in us. As a matter of fact, it should just be second nature to, to help your family. And I'm not talking about just your natural family. We're talking about your spiritual family, your church family, the body of Christ. Instead of Instead of casting someone down when they fall, be there to pick them up. Be there to, be there to encourage them with a testimony. Be there to encourage them with a scripture. Be there to, 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 to edify, to build them up. Remember, anything that edifies and builds up or strengthens, that comes from God. Anything that weakens or tears down or undermines comes from the enemy. Glory to God. And we have, a resto- we have a responsibility to restore those fallen people. Now, why is it so important? And if you don't get nothing else, I want you to get this one thing, and I'm closing with this. Why is it important that we, we, just, we, conti- we take up these responsibilities and we continue to teach our family what we know, what we've experienced? Go with me to Judges, chapter 2. That's all the way back in the Old Testament. Judges, chapter 2, and verse 10. Judges, chapter 2, and verse 10. Now, we're talking about uh, Joshua, 
his generation died. As a matter of fact, in, in verse 8, it says, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at age of 110. Now, verse 10 is what I want you to see. It says, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he done, had done for Israel. So, what's the point? When Joshua's generation died, the next generation didn't know God. It didn't know God. Why is it important that we, that we share what we know? Why is it important that we share our spiritual experiences? Why is it we, we, important that we share how, how, how God has healed us, how God has performed a miracle for us, how God has, has blessed us with so many things, and how God has made a way for us in everything, and, and how, 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 how our relationship with Him has, has brought such joy in our lives? Why is it important that we share all of that? Because listen to me. It's important because what you've learned... And what you've seen, what you've experienced, guys, this is, this is so important. All of this, what you know, what you've learned in church, all of that, all of that can be lost in the transfer of one generation to the next generation. Guys, this is very important. People always ask today, how come we don't see the miracles like we did back in the 70s and the 80s? It's been lost in the transfer of generation to generation. People didn't share what they learned. They didn't share what they know. Because, see, God doesn't change. His power is always there. His power is always the same. And if God doesn't change, the only thing that changes is us. Now, what, how did we change? We've lost it in, translate, in transfer from generation to generation. Why is it important that we keep sharing what we know, keep sharing what we've learned, keep sharing our experiences, guys. We want, we want the next generation to have all that God has for them. Amen? We, we have the responsibility to carry our faith on to others. We have, and, that, and let me just say this, and this goes back to the family. I'm talking about the natural family. That falls primarily on the parents, Amen. Now, I'm not, I'm not getting in anybody's business. I'm not trying. You know I don't do that. But it falls on the parents. I mean, if you want to pass on your faith to the next generation, it starts with your children. It starts right there with, with your children. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thine soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Teach them diligently unto thy children. You know, all of us should ask ourselves, do your children... Do your children know about your experience of coming to Christ? Do your children know about your experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit? Do your children know how God speaks to you? Do your children know how God leads you? Do your, do your children see you reading your Bible? Do your children see you praying? Do your children see you praying in the Spirit to intercede on them? For their behalf. Do you, see, see, let me tell you something. This is so important, guys, because if you can't talk about these things to your children, you will never be able to share it to the neighbor down the street, to the lost soul at work, 
Come on. You'll never be able to do it if you can't start with your children. Guys, we have a responsibility to carry our faith on. A lot of people are turning their, turning their backs on God now going in different directions, right? Just make sure it's not because you're not sharing your faith. You're not talking. You're not teaching. Come on, you're not restoring the falling ones. Amen. We're not to cast them out. We're to restore them. Restore them. Glory to God. And that's, that's our family responsibility, not only to this church, but to the body of Christ, right? Because we want to build them up. We want to teach them what we've learned. We want to share our experiences. I'm going to tell you, you can preach many, 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 many sermons. And a lot of people ask me all the time, why do you tell so many stories? There's a point to every story. Because it was an experience where I learned something very valuable from God moving in my life. That's why. All of you have stories. Learn to share your stories. Learn to share. Listen, a lot of times you can't, a lot of situations, you can't have the Bible out and start preaching straight from the Bible, but you can always share a, to- a story, a testimony. Stories mean, ooh, stories mean a lot. Matter of fact, more people will actually, if somebody doesn't, is completely turned away against God, they will respond more to your story than they will with you quoting Scripture to them face to face. Amen? And you all have a story. Listen, we want to make sure that we're taking up the responsibility to take care of our family, love our family, teach our family, encourage our family, lift them up when they fall. Don't let them slip away. Don't get mad. Don't get angry. Don't cast them out. Lift them up so that the next generation doesn't miss out on anything that God has for them. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.